Have you ever just felt stuck? Like you don't know where to go or what you're even supposed to do? I feel like that so many times before and it's not the best feeling. But one thing that this character has taught me is that you just got to focus on what you can do and let everything else go. So we're ending season seven with someone who may be the wisest character to exist in fiction. And that is the Dragon of the West, Iroh. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Nate. You're listening to the Otaku Liberation, a show where we help you break the chains that are holding you back in your life by connecting some biblical principles with themes from your favorite anime. And without further ado, let's get right on into it. So the verse I'm covering for this episode is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And and that's just, you know, church speak for those who may not be saved yet. But that's really just saying don't don't really follow the status quo. Don't be basically don't be normal right dare to be different <laughs> and be different in the sense that you do what essentially what is good and pleasing to god himself right because you know the way things are now everything's crazy backwards and upside down so it's easy to, easy to be confused and not really be sure on what it what the heck you're supposed to do right and what this is saying is basically just it's okay just focus on God and what he what he's told you to do essentially and for Iroh Iroh is an interesting character to really do an episode on right because when I first decided I was going to do uh, the last airbender for for a season I already knew Iroh had to be had to be one of the characters if not the only one right because we can if you know about Iroh I'm sure you've seen a whole bunch of things on the internet you know we can go for months and months and months on his, you know, nuggets of wisdom and whatnot, because everyone loves Iroh. But for me, it was for me when I was doing the research for this episode, it was interesting just to see how much of a transformation he's had even before the series began, and and then even then from even beyond just the last Airbender and just understanding Iroh as a whole. I think one of the main reasons why so many people love him is because he's so so real right he's not perfect by any means he makes mistakes and he owns up he owns up to them and he's really just there to spread peace and love which who who can hate on that right who can hate on peace and love but anyway so arrow's kind of journey and purpose shifted a couple of times throughout the series at first he went from being a warrior to a mentor now you know back in back in his heyday iroh was a fierce and seasoned war general for the fire nation and he had the typical hunger for power that was pretty much pre prevalent in all members of the royal family you know him his brother ozai zuko azula they all had this they they wanted more, right? They just wanted more, and he even earned the moniker Dragon of the West for his ability to breathe fire, as well as his claim to killing the last living dragon, which you know was essentially means hey, he's him, right? Like he, you don't you don't mess with Iroh. He's he has he has that bravado about him. But after the death of his son and father shortly after, 
Iroh lost that hunger for power and it feel, what was left was just a sense of loss and defeat. And this loss actually caused him to see Zuko as his son rather than his nephew. And this, coupled with his journey across the world with Zuko, helped to heal Iroh's heart and set him up to become the wise sage that we all know and love. So let me just take a, take a break right there real, really quick. And really, let me just hype on, on the, the fact that how the loss of someone that you love can really transform a person for, for better or for worse. Right. I mean, Iroh, I mean, he was, he was a war general during his time fighting for his people and his nation. So on one hand, I mean, we know the fire nation as antagonists, but again, in a war, there's no real, no good or evil. And honestly, everyone's fighting for their own ideal. And, and again, for the fire nation, they sought to, quote unquote, unify the world by burning it to a crisp, <laughs> which which was their ideal. So he went from that to being the type of person who is an advocate for worldwide peace and understanding each of the elements and things like that. And honestly, he was kind of like that even during his time in the war as a war general. He was always more worldly than other people of the Fire Nation. But the death of his son and then again, his father right after that helped to bring that side of him to the surface, so to speak, to be more willing to to be an advocate for just worldwide peace and and understanding the balance that the world has. And I just I just, I just found that just really, really powerful because I mean, cause it, all this all this stuff happened later in Iroh's life. And typically we watch these shows, these, you know, anime or really any show in general, the, these characters don't really go through this transformation so late in life and maybe earlier on, you know, you can watch enough anime, every teenage boy is a main character and they go through these life altering things at the age of 16 and either they cry about it the whole time or they just become hard all of a sudden. And it's just, it's really weird. So seeing this happen to not only an adult character, but someone who's older, like Iroh, it's refreshing as a viewer, but it's also humanizing, showing that, you know, hey, we all go through stuff in life, regardless of our age and time, right? And you never know what life is going to throw at you. Because, you know, life comes with a lot of challenges, some that are expected, many that are not. And, you know, and just just thinking about that, I always remember hearing the saying that God, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. And... Sometimes you can. Sometimes I know I wonder, like, okay, God, am I one of your strongest warriors? Because some of the stuff, man, is 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 ridiculous. <laughs> In all honesty, and I'm sure a lot of you can attest to that too. But just know this: the battle and the hardship you're going through right now is preparing you for the greatness that is coming next. Because I've come to realize that God will prepare you in one season for the next one, because the current you isn't capable of handling what's coming next. So he has to prepare you. And essentially that's what happened to Iroh, right? The, the death of his son and his father and the transformation that resulted of in, in that was preparing him for the next season in counseling Zuko throughout his travels. And ultimately was kind of like the catalyst for Zuko's transformation in his own, in his own journey. And, and not in, 
even just beyond Zuko, Iroh counseled Toph. He became counsel to Aang and the entire group during the war and thereafter to the point that, you know, he had he even counseled Korra <laughs> and stuff years after the fact. And not only that, but he also canceled Aang's kids and things like that. So Iroh's own journey impacted so many lives that it was it's it, it's it's just amazing. It's amazing to look at. And so, I mean, again, that's really the definition of going from a warrior to a mentor, right? He's, he's, I wrote something special. Then the next aspect of his journey was actually achieving a uh, spiritual balance. So like I said earlier, Iro was a very spiritual man and believed in the balance of all the elements. Even during the time of war, uh, it just became more prominent after his, his own transformation. And this directly contradicted the fire nation's supremacy that the rest of the fire nation believed in right and so they they believe fire was the best in you know whatever <laughs> and i was like uh no all the elements have a purpose and we shouldn't mess with that and in <laughs> to show how far and how dedicated he was to that belief arrow even threatened general zhao at the north pole when zhao threatened to harm the moon spirit, which would have caused great harm to not only the water tribe, because again, without the moon, they can't bend, but it would have caused a great harm to the world as a whole, because without the moon, everyone's going to suffer. Cause then the whole world is just going to be thrown out of balance. And again, Zhao being power hungry as he was, just didn't care. But Iroh, even though he was at the time an enemy, to you know, Aang's group and the water tribes and things like that, he understood the repercussions of destroying the moon. And he was like, uh, no, I am a fighter for balance first and the Fire Nation second. And this understanding of balance allowed Iroh to see things from a bigger picture and to understand how everything works together. I mean, he even helped Aang and the gang on multiple occasions because he didn't truly see them as enemies. I think honestly he was just kind of humoring his nephew at the at that point in time, but Iroh himself never really saw Aang as his enemy, which I think is is kind of is really cool, especially going back and rewatching the series and seeing how Iroh's interaction with Aang's group on the different occasions he was always very hospitable and just welcoming, to, in direct contrast to his nephew, which I just I just find it funny. So think about this. Where, where would you be if your teachers or mentors hadn't have been the people that they are? So just think about the one or a couple of people who have guided you in your life. You know, again, it could be your parents, it could be your actual teachers in school, different mentors you had for you know, your career or skills or whatever, sensei, different martial arts, coaches, people who have guided you in, in, in ways for your own benefit, who have tried to grow you up and to be to be the person that you are today if they if they were never the person that they were how would that have impacted you and whose lives would you be changing if you stopped pursuing your own purpose because maybe you can be someone's uncle iroh later down the road right you know i'm not saying tomorrow it may not even be 20 years from now but again we don't know right so what if what you're going through right now in discovering your purpose and trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do in life. What if 
that's just preparing you for the next season where you can be the mentor to somebody who's going through the same thing that you're going through now. So just, you know, just think about it, you know, just little, little things like that can really shift your perspective on a lot of things. And the last part of Iroh's journey is creating your own destiny. So throughout the series, Iroh has been a huge supporter of one creating their own destiny. For instance, he went from being a war general to someone that spreads love and peace everywhere he went. And he often said this very exact thing to Zuko when he found his nephew at a crossroads. Essentially, you know, what does he want to do? What is he striving for? What is what is his destiny beyond just trying to find his honor and or reclaim his honor rather? And what is it that Zuko wants to do? And this, this namely came in Bossing Sang right after Zuko freed Appa. Because like I mentioned in Zuko's episode, when he went through that whole confliction uh, after he freed Appa because it was in direct conflict with who he thought he was. He thought he was this, you know, scarred prince that had to capture the Avatar uh, by any means necessary. But he just freed the Avatar's bison, which would have been nice leverage to capture Aang. And it's things like that. Iroh's always been there encouraging Zuko to make his own choices and not be bound by his past. And part of that was because Iroh was a firm believer and not worrying about what you can't control, but, but being fully responsible for what you can. And for me, this is something I'm striving to live by each and every day and not just be so consumed about you know, what's going to happen tomorrow or heck, what's going to happen today, you know, you know it just, you know, just random doomsday stuff. Right. But just focusing on what can I do right here, right now? And how can I do it to the best of my ability? That, that, that's it. Just let, let God handle everything else because I can't and just go, just go on from there. And you'll find, or at least I have that you free up so much mental space and <laughs> you're, so much stress is removed when you just stop worrying about things that you can't do anything about, then it's like, oh man, I can actually enjoy living my life now. It's at least a little bit easier because I'm not worried about that. I can just focus on the things that I'm doing and how can I do them better and all this type of stuff. And it was just crazy. Again, I used to be worried about tomorrow when I haven't even gotten out of bed today. That's how you see how insane that is. I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, or, you know, on the 30th. And today is the first, <laughs> you know, just weird stuff like that. And so basically it all comes down to this question. How will you live your life? Will you be worried about tomorrow and what it holds? Or will you focus on what you can do today and let God handle the rest? You know, are you... Are you just going to be, you know, sitting there doom and gloom, you know, crying in the fetal position? Or are you going to actually go outside and touch grass for once? <laughs> so, hey, that's all, that's all I got for you guys. And as always, if you liked what you heard on today's episode, you want to take a deeper look, uh, head on over to the otakoliberation.net. You'll find a blog article that covers today's episode in a little more detail. And you might also find a link or two to our YouTube channel where I cover bonus topics outside of the podcast. And hey, that's it for season seven. Man, I've enjoyed rewatching and learning more about these characters and Avatar. And Avatar is one of the shows, as soon as you get done watching it, you're like, man, all right, time to start over. <laughs> and I'm honestly just glad I could share it with you all. But 
don't worry, it's not over yet because next season I'll be covering The Legend of Korra, the sequel to The Last Avatar. I know, exciting stuff. And I can't wait to see you guys on the next one. And always remember, you are the main character of your story and that story doesn't end until he says so. All right, be blessed. <laughs>